0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 10th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about life inside the bubble. The Orlando Magic beginning their practice and just what kind of sacrifice this team has made. We'll talk about all that coming up in just a moment. Before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all to check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. we searching for every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. All 22 teams are currently in the bubble. The Lakers, the last team to arrive in Orlando and check into their hotel. So there are 22 podcasts to get your updates on everything going on at Disney. You can check those podcasts out by searching Revy Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Remember, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, NHL, or MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search Revy Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Remember check that out at builtbar.com. Orlando Magic have cleared quarantine. They're out of their rooms. They're able to move about the cabin, so to speak. And they held their first practice inside the Disney campus as they get set to resume their season on July 31st. This practice is, was not a, I guess, a regular practice, so to speak. As, as Steve Pufford said last week, the plan is to use these first few practices as essentially a stand-in for their kind of September workouts, just to kind of assess where everyone is at physically and kind of get them up to speed so they can start playing with more contact and and do the real work in the coming days. The fact of the matter is, they've been off for four weeks, or four months. They've been off for so long that you can't just dive right into high-intensity games and high-intensity learning. It's really about figuring out where you are, and especially not just after four months off of basketball, but now two days in quarantine. It's just important to get moving around again. That part is super important. And you can't just go straight into the hard work of an NBA practice, of an NBA game, of NBA level play. It's just impossible to do that. And so yes, the Magic, like every other team in the NBA, are going to be slowly ramping up to that point. It's going to be all part of the process of getting to that point. But the Magic did get some work in. They did get up and down the floor, they did run some drills, they did some shells, you know, they did a little bit of everything to kind of get themselves, you know, back into the swing of things, back into movement, back to playing and working together as a team. Steve Clifford said after the practice that he was actually pretty impressed with how much the team had retained, at where they were at, at how much you know, they were able to kind of get back into the things they were trying to teach and and accomplish the goals they were trying to accomplish in practice. Now, this is all without contact. The Magic did no contact drills. And the plan is to do maybe some three-on-three on Friday. So, at this early stage, you know, who knows if it's coach speak, who knows if it's optimist speak, who knows what it is. But at this early stage, the Magic are back to work. And while, you know, obviously we, we can't watch the, the content of the practice and, you know, we don't really know what the team got into. The one sentiment that I, that I can say from having listened to both Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon talk about practice, and even Steve Clifford, is that the Magic and the team were just happy to be back on the floor together. That there was a real joy... And getting back to work. That's the reality of it. The Magic were just happy to be back to work, to experience that normalcy again. Obviously, this has been a long time coming. You know, it, it, everyone within the Magic organization has said that players have been eager to play again, that they've been eager to resume this season. They were looking forward to this day when they would all be together again. And they had that day, and it seemed much needed for the group. Especially, again, four months off from playing basketball, not being able to do the thing that you absolutely love to do, that you've worked your entire life to do, and then two days in quarantine where you're separated from everyone and kind of going crazy, just staring at the walls. It's a nice hotel, but you know you don't want to be stuck in your room all day. Aaron Gordon, I think, had the most poignant thing to say. You know, obviously there is a lot on people's minds. It's it's not just about the virus. It's not just about any of that. There's a lot on people's minds from the social justice issues going on around the world too. And Aaron Gordon admitted that it was tough to keep the focus on basketball with everything else going on. And what ultimately motivated him to come back to play was his commitment to his teammates, his commitment to the organization, his commitment to future generations, to everyone in the basketball fraternity, and to some, and yes, to the fans too. To use this, obviously, the stage as a platform for greater change and for a greater message, as much as an athlete can. And you could tell, even as Gordon was saying this, that whatever trepidation, whatever concern that he had, being back on the floor, playing basketball again, really lifted a lot of that concern. I think we're all searching for a little bit of normalcy. I think we're all searching for a way to feel regular again. And for these guys, getting in the gym, playing basketball, working with your teammates, is their normal. And they haven't even been able to do that here. I mean, when the Magic reopened the training facility, a lot of guys were just happy to be able to see and pass by teammates in the hallways as as much as they could because they're trying to be socially distant. Now they're able to get back to work. Now they're able to play again. And you could tell just how much fun and just how much relief it gave everyone. And if there's anything that needed to happen in the first day, it was that just to return to that feeling of normalcy, to get the blood flowing again, to to get back into the gym and feel what it's like to be in a gym again with your teammates working toward a common goal. There will be time to focus on the real stuff, both on and off the court, to be honest. There will be time and 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 the magic will have to get to that work, especially as we begin to ramp things up. And Friday will be, you know, the second practice will be a big practice. Beginning to initiate some contact and some physicality and some live action instead of just kind of doing drills and shells. And slowly the magic will, slowly the magic, just like every other team in the league, will be ramp up to that level. But this is the first step in the process and a much-needed step because these guys are just like everyone else. They need that normalcy. And I want to comment on that in a little bit. But before we do that, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about what life in the bubble is like and and get a sense of what these players are are doing in the bubble. But before we do that, I guess it's not the bubble but the campus setting, but before we do that... um, Dealing with your car is extremely difficult. I am not a car person. I, I, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know what I'm doing. And going into a car store to, to try and just have any sense, like even even for something small, even if you're not doing a major fix, going into a car store is a daunting experience. And, and you know, every time you're dealing with your car and you don't know what you're doing, you, you, you're never quite sure if you're being taken advantage of. And that's why rockauto.com is such a great place. Um, Yes, it is for the hardcore car people who know exactly the part that they need, but it it can also be for someone who is unsure of themselves or is unsure of what they need uh, and unsure if they're getting the right price. Well, rockauto.com takes away all of that worry and all that concern. It is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, rockauto.com prices are always reliably low and the same for the professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com
2: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: So, I think something that's that's really important that that I want to try and do with this episode is give a sense of what going into the campus setting means and and, and what it is. Um, I, I think that you know it it feels to fans, I think a little abstract. Um, you know you know kudos to, to Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier and all the guys on the magic and, and throughout the league are documenting this and, and and trying to give fans a little bit of a sense of, of what life is like and, and I want to comment, a little bit further on that down the road. But, you know, we, we just came out of every player entering the league, or at least for the magic at least, because they were one of the first teams in, going through this this 48-hour period where they are where they were quarantined essentially, where they were, you know, they took their initial rounds of tests. They were essentially locked in their rooms, they couldn't go anywhere until they came back negative and this is all in hopes of entering the bubble, you know, and again, creating this bubble as cleanly as possible. Uh, saying essentially that, you know, you... Saying essentially that, you know, everyone who is in that bubble, who can leave their room, has tested negative and is essentially clean. Again, that's that's why we're calling it a bubble. When Markel Fultz, who's currently not with the team... Enters the bubble, he will have to go through a quarantine procedure, and it'll actually be longer than the quarantine procedure that the teams entered into uh, when they first came in. Um, you know, as, as an excused absence, it will not be as long as an unexcused absence. But if you don't enter with your team with your teammates at the initial stage, then the process to go in, the process of to be deemed, I guess, clean, is different. And this process is different for everyone. Um, this 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 process is exhaustive, and if, if there's a reason why, you know, Alex Martins and, and Jeff Weltman and, and everyone, you know, at the higher levels of the NBA, and, and even I think some of the players have admitted this, the they all feel very very secure because the testing it feels like goes overboard. Um, you know, Terrence Ross has already said on on his social media, you know, and as well as on his podcast, that they've been tested so many times. It's it's pretty monotonous, and at this point, NBA players are getting tested, I believe, every single day. You know, again, the, the league is determined to root out any positive cases immediately. They've got all these, you know, health checks. They've got all these ways to try and monitor monitor players and. You know, again, make sure that the virus does not get in. And and this is exhaustive. And I I, I somehow, you know, don't think we all appreciate it as much. Um, you know, it, it feels very again, it feels very abstract. And I felt like you know, here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, we've we've you know, we've we've had some great guests on our national podcast. Um, ben Golliver of the Washington Post was on a recent episode of Locked On NBA, and he is preparing to enter the bubble as one of the media members that will be staying on the campus for the duration of the tournament, for the duration of uh, the league. And 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 you know, and I, I looked into this, and I had some friends also look into this as well. If you even if you want to go to a game and cover a game as a visiting media member. Essentially, you know, yes, you're, you know, you got to wear a mask the entire time that you're there. You got to sit up way in the rafters, you know, you know, on the concourse level of, of the arena away from the players. You don't have any direct interaction with the players and you've got to pay for your own testing. This is a very, very exhaustive plan. And I felt like, you know, again, Ben Golliver of the Washington Post will be going into the bubble. We'll be going into the campus setting as a member of the media. And he was on Locked on NBA to discuss the lengths that the NBA is going through to make this happen. And I think it's really, really important that we hear this, that we understand this, because this is a massive undertaking, and I want to make sure I play those thoughts for you now.
3: You're talking to bubble bound Ben. That's me. I am uh, I'm headed there on Saturday. I guess I check in on Sunday officially. And then we have like a seven day quarantine period where you're tied up in the hotel. and They don't want you touching anything or talking to anybody or leaving the room. And after that, hopefully I'll get to see uh, some of these scrimmages before they start games later this month on July 30th. So it's all happening really fast. It's one of those uh, wait, wait, wait and hurry up type situations. And, uh, you know, here it is a you know, flight in two days.
0: All right, so let's get into what you have to go through. Then we'll get on the court, what we think we're going to see. And then before the show's over, we will look at kind of what the major and next steps are. But with the players have arrived, and they're quarantined for two tests and 36 hours. You just said you're quarantined for seven days. Walk me through what happens when you arrive, and I'm assuming this means – Of the media, you're a tier one media member. You're in for the duration.
3: I am in for the duration. They took 10 people who are actually going to basically live and work inside the bubble in terms of writers. Now, there's going to be other media members from the official broadcast partners, whether it's ESPN, TNT, Turner, and so forth. Um, So there there will be just a group of 10 writers. They're all going to live at the same hotel, uh, basically the Coronado Springs. So it's not one of the players' hotels. I know people might think we're, we're living this lavish lifestyle. Uh, they're nearby, but, uh, you know, not quite Yacht Club-level uh, accommodations. Um, basically, you know, you have to get tested. That's the first step. I've actually had an antibody test already just through my doctor, um, you know, previously, but I haven't gone through the kind of testing that the players have gone through here over the last two weeks when they reported to their teams. So I think that's part of the reason for the, the longer quarantine period for the media. Uh, they'll they'll give you a test kind of first thing when you show up. You have a little bit of freedom to kind of get yourself situated on Sunday and then basically Sunday midnight, it's kind of like a curfew. You know, you better be uh, in bed or you turn into a pumpkin and they start the clock uh, for seven days. You're stuck in that hotel room. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have to be Instagram living or maybe do a few extra podcasts with you to pass the time or, or what the deal will be there. But, uh, you know, from that point, assuming your test comes back negative, I believe it was a second test as well somewhere along the way. Uh, as long as you get cleared from the testing standpoint then they kind of release you into the wider bubble, which means you can leave your hotel room. You can leave that hotel property. You can start potentially, you know, going to uh, you know, some of the venues where uh, activities will be taking place. So there's already been a few media members who have started to go through this process already, kind of early birds. Um, and there's been some NBA employees as well who are down there uh, getting a jump on things. So I'm not the first uh, test case. And that's probably a good thing. You know, you don't always want to be the, the first person to do it.
0: All right. So, Once you're done with your seven days, what will you be allowed to do? What will you not be allowed to do?
3: Well, so the main thing you're not allowed to do is physically contact the players in any way. So, you know, we've we've talked about the Orlando bubble, but it's actually probably smarter to think of it as a bubble with inside a bubble or layers of bubbles. The players are going to be protected very, very carefully. And not only from media members where there's not going to be any direct interviews there, you know, like, you know, one-on-ones or kind of face-to-face type interviews are just not allowed. Um, you know, they're also protected even from team owners. If you're not on that 35-man roster for each organization, you don't get to have direct contact with players. It doesn't matter if you're a team owner or a governor or a front office executive who's not part of the traveling party, um, a celebrity fan. I mean, whoever else it might be to try to come down there uh, will be physically separated from those players. Obviously, this entire event hinges on those guys testing negative to start and staying negative. So that's the highest priority of this entire process. Um, you know, past that, the, the writers will be able to attend the game. The Tier 1 media members, it sounds like, are going to be a little bit closer uh, when the games actually start than maybe uh, some other media groups that are coming in. Um, they'll also be able to participate in post-game press conferences for up to 30 minutes after each game. So, um, you know, in that scenario, you know, there's obviously going to be a distance between the players and, uh, and the media members, but you'll at least be in the same room to ask questions, uh, you know, to have kind of direct interactions. I imagine those will be televised like usual during the playoffs as well. Now, you'll be able to attend the games, uh, but past that, there's not really a lot of other media access. There's no shoot-around access. There's no pregame access. There's no locker room access, of course. You know, these players are going to be going back to their hotels to shower after the game. So, you know, it's not the typical scrums that uh, media members are used to. Uh, I think it's going to be very formulaic. I mean, there's going to be relationships between the media and the players in terms of you know just day-to-day visibility. Uh, But this idea of like you know pulling somebody aside on the golf course for an extended you know one-on-one, I don't think that's going to be happening.
0: What are you most excited about? What are you most nervous about?
3: Well, I'm obviously very nervous about the situation in Florida. You know, when we were first starting to talk about this at the Washington Post, hey, is this something that we want to do? The Florida situation was fairly well under control. It wasn't a hot spot. That's obviously changed a lot. You're even seeing uh, hospitals fill up in Florida. So that's a real cause for concern. You know, you want to game plan the worst-case scenario. If someone does happen to get sick, you know, what's the next steps? And, uh, you know, there right now, it's just, uh, you know, it's worse than the average state. Uh, and that's concerning and and they haven't really turned the corner yet. I mean it's still you know getting pretty dire, so it could get worse you know over the course of the next couple of weeks or next couple of months um and that also raises some concerns about just you know in transit to Florida, just being as careful as possible, trying to limit any social interactions, whether it's on the flight, whether it's from the airport, you know to the hotel to the media hotel, all that kind of stuff you know i'm uh I'm gonna be very cautious about it. I got a face mask i got uh, you know, the, the the plastic shield. I've got gloves. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to be going, you know, to overkill, or probably some of your listeners would feel like. But, uh, you know, it's one of those situations you don't really want to take a lot of chances. In terms of what I'm excited about, I love summer league. lot like, You know this about me. I like going to watch eight hours of basketball in a row. I mean, I'm just a basketball junkie. This idea that we're going to have all the best players in the world, not the, the summer league guys, but LeBron and Giannis and Kawhi Leonard and you know, there's some guys are, are missing out, whether it's KD or Steph, but, uh, you know, Zion, you know, one of the biggest stories, uh, in the league right now, all those guys are going to be playing in empty gyms. And it almost feels like it's a personal audience, you know, it's, it's going to be a different vibe there. So I'm excited for the basketball, but I'm also excited for just, you know, the weird sci-fi story aspect of it. Uh, everybody I talk to keeps saying, well, this is going to give you a story for a lifetime, right? It's going to be something that you never forget. It kind of feels like study abroad, you know, like I'm, I'm going down to a uh, you know, do a semester abroad at, at Disney World.
0: When you think about this, and you and you head into this realm, and you've read as much as you have it, to learn it, do you feel more confident that it's going to work?
3: Uh, lately, I would say that I'm actually you know, trying to do the, the visualization of what does the best-case scenario look like, what does the worst-case scenario look like, and I don't know if I'm being biased by the idea that I'll, I kind of have to be mostly stuck in a hotel room for almost three months, but this vision of it making it all the way to mid-October and crowning a champion, at this moment right now, it feels a little bit like a mirage, I'll be honest. In part, that's because you know MLS has already had a, a significant outbreak with one team having 10 positive tests and basically being sent home from their bubble. I mean, that just feels like a little bit of a bad omen. And obviously the momentum in Florida, like I mentioned earlier, is concerning. I'll say this, I'm going into it, you know, very hopeful. You know, I would like nothing more than this to work out as they plan. I mean, I I would certainly be having a big sigh of relief if it plays out like they're hoping. Um, But uh, I think, you know, ultimately, you can't just hope you have to be kind of prepared for a worst case scenario. You have to be prepared for the national coronavirus situation to get way worse too. And and maybe uh, states start rolling back some of their plans and uh, there's policy adjustments. You kind of have to keep all those things um, in mind. But what I do appreciate is the level of attention to detail that the NBA has put into this plan compared to some of the other sports. I think there's no question to me um, that it's safer than like what baseball is trying to do with only doing testing and, and not really having a bubble uh, you know, it's it's clear to me that they've tried to salvage a season even in ways that, you know, like, say, the Ivy League football, they came out and canceled this week or at least postponed, uh, you know, pretty uh, significantly. It's just because they didn't have a plan. They didn't have any other workable way around this. The NBA is at least trying. Um, and I think that, you know, ultimately that's, that's nice because their head's in the right place. They put a lot of thought and time into it. And we all just hope it works.
1: That was Ben Golliver of the Washington Post earlier this week on Locked on NBA with David Locke. Be sure to check out that podcast for uh, the complete conversation with Ben as he gets ready to head inside the bubble. And a lot of good points raised. Um, Yes, there are still a lot of concerns here in Florida, and I don't think those concerns are subsiding. And and I think some of that is certainly government action. And and it does feel like things are getting a little bit worse to the point where hospitals are beginning to ramp up and, and, and activate more emergency uh, emergency protocols, and, and yes, even if the NBA does stay relatively free, I think that will be a concern. I think the NBA has always had the belief that they do not want to draw on the resources of the surrounding area, of Orange County, of Osceola County, of of the state of Florida. Um, and so I, I, I do think that that is a growing concern, and I think Ben is, is right to be a little concerned about that, although the NBA does seem to have everything lined up, and that is uh, kind of the big takeaway from all of this is – the NBA is very determined to make this right, to do their best to make this work, uh, and they have a very detailed plan, as, as certainly said by you know having someone entering the bubble stay in their hotel room in quarantine for seven days for an entire week. That is that is a lot, and and, and I do you know anyone who's doing it, anyone who's going through that process, I, I applaud them and wish them the best. I, I hope that that it, it all is able to work out. Um, this is obviously a, a, such a unique situation, and I do have one parting message that I want to say that that we'll get to after this break.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: If, you know, I I have been covering, you know, I've watched you London Magic my entire life i i have been covering the team as a member of the media now for a little while um you know for for six seven eight years now um you know it, 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 I, I i think the one thing that i have learned or the one thing that's changed about me you know as as a fan as, as someone who observes and watches basketball since i i really started covering the team is you know you come to realize that that these are human beings too and, and again it's it's I think it's something unfortunate about sports and, and some of its video games, some of it's whatever, that, you know, we 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 tend to forget that players are humans too. You know, that that they have, you know, that, that you don't just insert a player into a lineup and it just magically works. There's personality clashes, there's, you know, so many other things at play within the course of a season. And, and I think it's it's sometimes very easy to forget that. And you know, it, 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 I, I I I hate to say it. You know, the allure the allure of the shut up and dribble crowd is there. Um, it, it's always there, and I, and I think sometimes we we need a reminder that players have lives outside of basketball, which is which is absolutely okay, and players. Have human feelings and, and human frustrations just like all of us. Um, you know, it, it, psychology, you know, coaches part psychologists too. And, you know, managing the egos and managing the happiness of, of his players is such a big factor. So, yeah, I, I will fully admit that, yes, yeah, something that I have learned over the last, you know, decade of, of watching basketball is, you know, especially as I've become an adult as well, is this understanding that players are human too. And, while I am very excited for basketball to return. Um, You know, it is is a huge part of my life. You know, obviously I've run a podcast. I, I write about this team a lot. I'm very excited about basketball coming back. But I think it is imperative and important that we recognize something else. That we recognize the incredible sacrifice that the NBA and that we as fans are asking these players, these human beings to go through essentially for entertainment, essentially as part of their job. I mean, yes, it is part of their job and these players are extremely well compensated. I don't know if that excuses it or excuses, you know, asking them to do something that a lot of us are not asked to do. I mean, Team, you know, our, you know, my work is not putting me up in a hotel, sequestering me from the rest of the world, uh, and, you know, demanding that these are the conditions for me to go back to work and, and make my living. That's, that's what the NBA is doing here. And it is, you know, they have the resources and the ability to do it, but it is far and beyond anything that is normal. They are essentially, they, not essentially, They are asking their players to leave your families for three months to live in a hotel room to finish this season. And everyone knows what's at stake. It's not just a championship. It is the the financial future of the league. And I think that's why the Players Association knew they had to kind of go along with this. That they had to try and find a way to complete this season. But this feels like as good a time as any to recognize and to, frankly, to thank the players for doing this, for us, for themselves, for whoever, to just recognize the sacrifice that they're making. You know, Evan Fournier said, you know, as perverse as that sounds, the quarantine and, and, and shutting down the season was one of the best times of his life. It's not that he didn't want to play for the Magic. It's not that he doesn't want to play the game. He wants to play basketball. But the quarantine gave him the opportunity to spend time with his family. With his new family. I mean, his son is almost a year old now. And in that year, Fournier missed a lot. He, you know, his son was born. He went to go play for France in the World Cup. Once the World Cup ended, he was almost immediately back into the season. He missed a lot of the first year of his son's life. And while that is, yes, part of the life that he's chosen, that he's chosen to live. You know, being a basketball player means you're on the road a lot. You're not home as much. You miss these things. That is a sacrifice that you make to play this sport. It is still a huge sacrifice. And he treasured every moment that he had at home with his kid. Same goes for Nikola Vucevic. Same goes for DJ Augustine. Same goes for Terrence Ross. You know what's, what seems really special about this group is, there are some, you know, new but good fathers on this team, and it, it definitely feels like, you know, as far as we can tell, again, who know, who really knows, they really treasured that time with the family. You know, Nikola said, you know, Nikola Vucevic said that that he, you know, spent a lot of his days, you know, with his son. You know, he'd work out in the morning. Just kind of chill with his, with his son all day. Just get to watch him grow. and that, That's really special. You know, Nikola Vucevic said after practice today that his wife is expecting their second child. She's due in October. And, you know, if, if the Magic go to the finals, that means he's going to miss the majority of her pregnancy. A big part of it. That's pretty wild. DJ Augustine said in his media availability last week that his wife's father, his father-in-law, passed away and that she really needs him, but she understands that this is his job, that he has to go. Terrence Ross said that he had to explain to his son why he was leaving. This isn't a typical road trip. This isn't a, I'm going on a business trip for the next week. I'll be home in a week. This is something entirely different. And it is such an incredible sacrifice. As I've said, you know, especially with the pandemic and everything else, it, there are no wrong answers. There, there may not even be a right answer. And that every player, every person has to make the decision they are most comfortable with. And we should all respect those decisions. If, if one of these players, if DJ Augustine said, I can't go, I gotta be with my wife, he should be with his wife. Obviously, Marco Fultz is dealing with a personal issue as well um, that's keeping him from joining the team. That's absolutely what he should do. Because the league is asking a lot of these players. The league is asking a lot. And asking them to sacrifice a lot. And these players deserve as from the fan perspective, from the league perspective, our undying gratitude for doing this. It doesn't matter who they're doing it for. They could be doing it for us, for our entertainment. They could be doing it for themselves. They could be doing it because they just love the game and they're willing to put themselves through this. Whatever it is, we all know being in a hotel room sucks. And these guys are going to be in a hotel room for three weeks, for three months. These guys deserve... Every bit of respect and gratitude that we can give them. Again, degrees, I get it. But these guys are sacrificing a lot. And it is important that we recognize that sacrifice. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, search or tune TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places you download the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out the Orlando Magic Daily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there at O Daily. Be sure also to check out the latest episode of Rejecting the Screen on the latest episode. Adam Stako, and Noel Kozlov. Talk to Lindsey Hunter. He tells some great stories about the Bad Boys Pistons, the new Bad Boys Pistons of the early 2000s, and life in the NBA. Be sure to check that episode out with Lindsey Hunter, longtime NBA veteran and one of the hard, you know, hard-nosed defensive player for the Pistons for a very, very long time. You can find that podcast for Arabia download podcast. I want to thank everyone again for listening to this episode of Locked on Magic. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross Reich. I'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
2: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.